welcome to episode eight of Local Motive. I'm here with my co-host Bianca Velasquez. Hi, Bianca. Hi, Parker Mortensen. How are you today? I'm doing pretty well. Cool. I really hope you don't steamroll over me during this introduction. You're kind of in a mood today. Hmm. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna read some facts to you. Well, wait. What are we? Who are you? What's okay? Go ahead. You seem yeah, to have an I'm idea. Gonna, I have an idea. All right. And this is the part where I'm asking you not to steamroll over me. I think just I just let me did. do the thing. <laughs> okay. Well, did you know all workers have the right to form, join, or assist a union without retaliation from their employer? I think I knew that. Don't know if it feels that way, but yeah, I've heard that before. Did you know that an organization has to voluntarily recognize the union before any demands could be met? Um, yes. I mean, I know that a union has to be recognized one way or the other, so that makes sense to me. And did you know that our Salt Lake City downtown and other branches, all branches, all branches of the Salt Lake City Library are unionizing? I did know that. Are we talking about unions today? Yes, we're talking about the Salt Lake City Public Library Workers United Union. Fuck yeah. So. I like talking about unions because I think it, it's cool that um, this is happening, you know, just on its face. But also, it's really easy to get excited about and provide support for. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, it's amazing that why you, what you, <laughs> is there a union that you're just like no <laughs> I, I don't think that they should have any workers rights but not these workers <laughs> um well on april 24th the salt lake city public library union workers united officially announced their intention to unionize and requested that the salt lake city public library uh, recognize their union voluntarily. So now this journey begins for all of these folks to... Oh, based on this interview, it sounds like it started about a year ago. It did start literally a year ago. So it would have been May Day of last year, May 1st of last year. So, yeah. So... Or thereabouts. Just working off of the Instagram account that they have going. So why are they unionizing? Their union it will be a boon to everyone who works at the Salt Lake City Public Library because it will give a real voice to all the workers with whom the library could not even function. And I feel like this is very, very true. Without the library workers, we would not have Salt Lake's Alt Press Fest. We wouldn't have the people at the front greeting everybody and navigating the customer service at the library. We wouldn't have five minutes max. We wouldn't have 12 minutes, 12 minutes max. max. We wouldn't have all of this Without the library workers, it would only be five minutes max. <laughs> yeah, Those seven minutes are because of the workers. Um, you know, where would we be without Jason Rabb? So this part here is coming from their letter of intent so that we can set the stage on what this union is supposed to do. Currently, the status quo does not benefit everyone. Every day we see how burnout and low morale affect essential staff at Salt Lake City Public Library. Too often, our concerns are minimized or ignored while leadership enacts policies unilaterally. This is in addition to the fact that many of us struggle with housing instability, food insecurity, and lack of access to health care. Our union will benefit everyone who works at the Salt Lake City Public Library because it will give a real voice to all of us with whom, without 
the library could not function. An independent, accountable, democratically governed body is being formed. We call on all Salt Lake City Public Library staff to join our union. Lend your voice and together we will advocate for our pr priorities and meaningfully improve our beloved library for everyone. Join us. Again, that's from their letter of intent that they let they published on April 24th. Nice. Well, why don't we get into our interview? Let's do it. My name is Michelle Cow. I am a library assistant over at our main branch. My pronouns are she, they. My name is Cristina Ordonez. My pronouns are she, they, and I work at the Salt Lake City Public Library at the Day Riverside branch as a teen librarian associate. <laughs> My name is Ivy Smith. I also am a library assistant at the main library branch in fiction periodicals and teen if we're getting technical which is also where michelle is uh, she here well thank you for meeting with us to talk about the salt lake city public library workers united recently we've been seeing more and more groups turn to unionization to aid in the fight for more sustainable employment can you articulate what it means to unionize and in your case what specifically are you asking for i think it's very empowering that other systems are and other, like, not just libraries, museums, zoos, like, there's a whole cultural movement happening right now where libraries and all these cultural organizations are asking for the, their rights back and asking for this to this movement to push forward. So it's super inspiring. I think for myself, I definitely wanted to create a community, first and foremost. I wanted to be able to rely on my coworkers because I see them more than a lot of people in my life. So I think we've done that, which is like very amazing. I, I've, I have some very dear friends throughout this and it's just it's so empowering. Something that we're asking for is better wages, livable wages in Salt Lake City. Um, we all know that the price of living has, has skyrocketed and we're not getting paid as much as we should be. So, Christina, were you the one who initiated this effort? It was like a group of people. Uh, I, I am part of the like core who began. Um, it was really amazing. Uh, a coworker who we didn't know if she could unionize sent us an email and said, hey, I've had pockets of conversations about unionizing with all of you. Um, here you go. And good luck. And we took it from there. It's interesting as well how these conversations had like come up organically between different people. Like I had learned that this had happened, whereas my initial involvement was that I was at a party with some coworkers and we were like, why aren't we unionizing? And later we learned that it was just completely separate, which is crazy. And I do think that that comes back to the community thing. We have over 300 employees at the city library and we're at eight different branches almost nine because we're separated like that we haven't had the chance to form that community and so it's amazing like how powerful we were as soon as we were able to connect like that so despite all the branches being under the same umbrella you guys weren't really familiar with your own co-workers no not necessarily when you work at a branch it's you sort of become isolated into this smaller community i mean you hear things from like coming out of the main branch and you hear things coming out of other branches but for the most part you function 
the decisions you make, or at least like the local decisions really you make are, you know, they stay within your branch itself. Yeah. I mean, there's very little, little reason for people to really like intermingle between branches. They're pretty far apart from each other on top of that. Um, and many of us like have different schedules. It's just, you know, we see each other, we are required to see each other once a year for our staff development day, which is, I guess, to give some context, it's the library's way of giving us um, professional development. Um, they close the library. I mean, sometimes they close the library, but it's a single day. It's mandatory. Everyone is required to come and, you know, hear other people speak about library functions um just for some context but other than that yeah very little reason to go from branch to branch but yeah and that has also like affected us like we have some pockets where we're just like not aware of like how they're feeling or um I also think it's worth mentioning that like the lower your position is the less likely you are to be able to connect with other people um because you're not allowed to do as much programming when you're down at the like lowest public facing tier, um, which are people who shelve books and run desks, you don't talk to other people from other branches. You don't have any reason to even the next level up, you are limited in the amount of like programming that you can do. So the main people that you see are just the people you come to work and you interact with. It sounds like the system in place at the library makes it so that you have very little control. You have a little say in what your role looks like, how many hours you work, what you get paid, obviously, um, is the biggest issue. And so oftentimes when we're hearing of organizations and groups unionizing, we often hear the language, we are looking for our union to be recognized. What does that mean? Can you articulate what that step looks like and why it's so important? So what that means is we, the library board will say, okay, yes, we recognize you as a union, as opposed to what is an election, which is like employees actually voting. And so voluntary recognition is a lot uh, easier and a lot simpler for everyone involved. And that's the difference there. We're really hoping that the board is going to recognize us voluntarily, and we really believe that they are. When they recognize your union voluntarily, what does that mean? Does that mean your demands are going to be met? It means that we can move forward um, making a contract. So it's not like we just have our demands and we say, okay, this is what we want. First of all, we want it to be like a democratic process where everybody involved can help um, decide what the demands are. And then AFSME, which is the union that we're working with, um, the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees, it's a huge, huge union. They will have a representative, the library will, and then we'll have people from the union who will negotiate what our contract will be. Basically, it means that they're open to listening to us. Yes. Yeah. A voice at the table is all we're asking for. I don't really know how often it happens that a union is voluntarily recognized. I'm guessing not often, but it seems like it would really set the tone for the relationship. Definitely. But we also think that we also don't have a reason to believe that they won't voluntarily recognize us. We have so much community support. We already have over a thousand signatures in our community support letter. Um, we have the majority of staff signed on to unionize so it's there if they did it would be very odd if they chose like not to recognize us and they would be going against a lot of people yeah a lot what does that timeline look like what is their deadline to voluntarily recognize you as a union 
so essentially, originally AFSME was going to give them a week from the board meeting, um, which would have been yesterday, which would have been May Day, which is so poetic. Uh, but because of how often the board <laughs> meets, um, it, it's unlikely that an actual decision is going to be made until their next board meeting. We couldn't go in there and they don't reply when you speak at the meeting. They don't like say, make decisions that way. So we went in and said, all right, here's what we're doing. And then we all left. And also there were so many people there. It was incredible. But then it, we do have to wait until the next time that they're meeting to find out. And honestly, that gives us like a great chance to like bug our community council members yeah. and have them advocate for us, bug the mayor. And um, bug our coworkers who ha aren't on board because it was a lot harder before because we had to be quiet. But now we're out in the open. Yeah. It's it's very freeing. We don't have to carry the secret around. It's where we can be like, hey, yeah. do, you, do you know about the union? Do you want to know more about the union? I feel like it would be so awkward to go out back to work after that news is spread. How has that experience been like for you? Uh, I did. I couldn't log into my email because I forgot that I had changed the password. And then I had a little mini panic attack. And then I was like, no, I changed the password. <laughs> so it was, it was a little tense because, you know, we're out in the open. We're like saying, Hey, we're the, we're like union members and we want to be recognized. But other than that, our coworkers have been, I mean, at least for me, my coworkers have been so like telling us how proud they are of us and just like how inspired they are. And I tear up every other shift. So yeah. <laughs> The reason why we have so much faith that this is like going to be a very positive process is because of how much support externally and internally, like I've seen, you know, managers or like people who are not eligible for the union, right. That come out and just like, since we've gone public have come out and just told us like how proud they are and that they're very supportive of this. And, you know, many of my coworkers, yeah, like will come up to us and say like, how proud they are of all of this work they've done and how excited they are to see these positive changes happening even like our older librarians who were initially sort of scared and they've seen like some of these like yeah some of these efforts come and fail and we get to this point where we're like public and it's happening and they're just like so excited that it's finally like working I guess <laughs> and then coming back around to something I mentioned earlier uh it also like people seeing this and seeing that we're open about it and really enthusiastic has made some people that we hadn't interacted with or hadn't interacted with much like come out of the woodwork we, like we had a guy who is really quiet and i don't know how much conversation he'd had at one of our branches where we came public and he came to work one day and talked to someone and was like look i used to edit like this ask me newsletter or something like that and we wouldn't have known otherwise and, and but he came to us because he saw what we had done and that was so exciting it's cool to hear you talk about that because not only are you solving the problem of trying to get a livable wage, but you're just connecting with the people that you spend, like you guys said, a lot of your life with. Not only that, but you're also creating a safer work environment and more open discussion work environment, which is so important. And oftentimes that's what's lovable about passion jobs is that you're able to pursue what you want and you have a lot of fulfillment for working in the field that you want to. But sometimes that's treated as currency and you can't pay your rent with passion. That's <laughs> just impossible. So can you give our listeners some insight on what it looks like to live in Salt Lake City on the type of quote unquote passion job pay and what that reality actually looks like? 
I wouldn't be able to live by myself. And as a woman, I feel that that is like ripe for abuse, financial abuse, right? In Utah, there's like women are not paid equally. And luckily at the, at the library, that's a gender gap is not there, but not in by pay. not do, yeah, yeah, not in pay luckily, but with, with them not giving us a livable wage, they are saying, Hey, you might get abused with, and this is, this is the reality, like the reality of like, not looking at who works these positions. We are all female led. To add to what Christina was saying is, I mean, we serve such a diverse community, such a a lovely community, and we are one of the few places that you can just come here and be here for free. We don't force anyone, we don't charge, you know, people to exist in our spaces, um, which so often happens in Salt Lake is, you know, eventually like either you're buying something or you have to leave. and yeah, we're one of the few places that don't enforce these kinds of rules. And it's hard because with the issues, the economic issues, I guess, that are getting worse and worse in Salt Lake, we are picking up that slack. Um, and as these issues you know, worsen, we come to a point where it's like, we feel for like our community, it's hurting, um, but we are also facing the exact same issues. And it's difficult to, you know, see where so many of us can be a single paycheck away from facing a lot of the issues that many of our patrons face. Um, like, I think the majority of us actually qualify for low income housing. I mean, a lot of us are just low income, um, when especially part time folks, especially our, you know, lower bracketed, we are getting paid below the national average, I believe, um, we're definitely getting paid below the state library average. And yeah, just like at any moment, we could be, you know, also utilizing our free resources. I'm really glad you said that because it brings up that this attitude that surrounding dissatisfaction in the workplace, where if you don't like the pay, you can just quit and find a new job. But when you're living paycheck to paycheck on these wages, that's not realistically feasible. Like, how are you supposed to survive those two weeks that you're supposed to wait for this new paycheck from this new job when the absence of one paycheck can financially destroy you. And on top of it, we're competing with so many transplants coming from all over the country to Salt Lake City and finding a job that's better or equally this, you know, good is pretty difficult. It's not just as simple as people are making it seem. Well, uh, maybe this is only tangentially related, but it is also worth mentioning that the library is notorious for not giving people full-time jobs, uh, which gives it a whole other level of that. Um, they kind of go by this whole like, oh, you know, well, passion jobs. We talked about it earlier. Like, oh, you really like what you do? Or they just kind of assume that people are like in college or they want to work a second job, um, which makes it a whole other level of difficult because you also have to f- figure out insurance yourself. Um, you have to figure out all of these benefit things. 
Uh, and that's another thing that we do want to mention that the wage thing affects all kinds of other things that we are wanting in our demands. For some context, I feel like we didn't say this, but part-time folks do are not qualified for benefits. Only for And they are at the county library. That's pretty common for passion jobs to just not offer benefits because you're getting to do what you want to do. So you just have to agree and be okay with the lack of benefits. I'm curious what the timeline of that tension feels like to you. Because when I moved here in like 10 years ago, it was an affordable place to live. I felt like I could do the things I wanted on a low salary or a low wage. doesn't feel like that's true anymore. So I'm curious, like, what is the timeline of this tension of cost of living to you? I want to say that like the wage issue is not a new issue for this particular library. This has been a probably 20 year long issue. I mean, maybe even before that, but I've heard people who have been here for 20 to 40 plus years that have talked about like, oh, I remember, you know, 10 years ago when we had to fight tooth and nail for a pay raise and now it's better, but it was only better for that year and then things rose again so it's been an issue for a very long time but in the past year things have I feel I mean for me at least um things have gotten exponentially worse to the point where like it's absolutely unlivable um especially and the library itself acknowledged that they do give us a raise every year. Um, they used to give a merit raise, which is a percentage, as well as a cost of living rate wage, which was a flat rate. They don't do both of those anymore. Um, but the library literally acknowledged, they said that the raise they were giving us was not the same amount as inflation. It seems like you guys are pretty confident about the library's willingness to recognize the union. But do you guys have any concerns about that happening or about what comes after the negotiating the contract period? I think this is why the union is actually so important. I mean, one of our biggest struggles and the reason why we decided to unionize was because the biggest decision makers are people who don't understand our daily tasks, don't understand our daily struggles, um, and they make significantly more than us. And they're also people who are allowed to work from home at any given moment. They just have that option whenever. Um, and it's, and they love, this actually came from one of our leadership, but it was, they love to give feedback, unsolicited feedback um, when they don't really know our, our daily struggles. Again, um, they're trying. I wanna say like they are trying. They don't actually know how to help because they don't know what is actually going on so the union gives us that like piece of power to say you know like that piece of experience that you can't get really anywhere else like we're the ones who are out there on the floor um we're the one that knows what the library needs um best and i mean that's why we've banded together that's why we think it's so important that we have a say a seat at at the table. I don't think we're necessarily super concerned about anything particularly. Um, I think the union just like solves a lot of our issues, a lot of our concerns, because before then, like we would try to assist them in making decisions, right? Like we would give feedback 
but the feedback cycles were not fully, you know, complete. They weren't ever completing the cycles. Like they would get negative feedback and then just drop the project entirely <laughs> um, and then come back to it and then just like make decisions without another feedback cycle. This organizing completes these cycles. It gives them, you know, accountability because we have a say, at least in my opinion. <laughs> I don't know if y'all have concerns. Oh, totally. I agree. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting to hear you guys talk about that. I've definitely had my own experiences with work hierarchies where the higher up you go into like a managerial class or like a CEO class or like a C-suite class, people have more privilege but less accountability, but they try to ameliorate that by managing people in a way that they see as being helpful. But the lack of the accountability is the problem, so it's never going to be solved until that accountability exists. I also wonder to what extent you guys have experienced um, hearing from other people or solidarity from other groups of people, because I think that when we see people in our community or even just, you know, in the United States where labor rights are kind of backsliding, whenever you do see people unionizing, it makes us all consider our own situations. Oh, uh, I do think that it's good. We can, you know, talking about this more and people unionizing more can hopefully create pathways to make it easier for people who have smaller staffs. I think of things like that. I think about the film society when they unionized a couple of years ago, that's such a small amount of people. Uh, and we're really lucky because we are city workers. So we have AFSPE. Um, but I'm really hoping that it being on people's minds can make it easier in general. Um, because I understand why people would be intimidated. Um, we were intimidated even with a bunch of help. <laughs> we were really, we're still intimidated. Oh, yeah, definitely. But yeah, solidarity forever to all workers. Solidarity. Yeah. And um, yeah, being small is very scary because you're like, look, you're working with your boss every day. You're seeing the people that do all of that. But uh, just know that this is not like just a isolated incident no way. around the nation. People are standing up. Starbucks, Starbucks workers are like uh, my guiding light throughout all they this. They really are. Yeah. And there was and such I, a good talking point when we were talking to other employees. Exactly. Yeah. Like going up to a coworker and being like, did you see what the Starbucks workers are doing? And then they would be like, yeah, I've been reading about it. And then, you know, that slips in the like, oh, well, did you hear that we might unionize too? And then it's just like a snowball effect. So it, it's possible. And I know it's very intimidating, but it's definitely worth it and i i would definitely think all the workers there would be would benefit so much yes and there are so many people out there who are willing to help you there are quite a bit unions here in utah that you could reach out to like we were we when we didn't know about afsmead we'd like investigated and looked up all those things maybe someday we'll make zines so we can pass them out but yeah we made yeah. a zine about our union we should just make one about unionizing that would be fun in general Ooh, that would be the perfect <laughs> zine for alt yeah. press fest <laughs> me and christina are both on the committee for alt press fest <laughs> so thank you so much for meeting with us today and to wrap up i would love to hear from each of you what your favorite thing about working at the library is the people, really. It was before even as well. It's just like such an incredible group. Also, I have to get this into the interview before it's done, which is that in two days is our first anniversary of meeting to talk about a union. It makes me emotional. 
the community that we've had here uh and it's just made like working at the library even better i mean the library i feel like as a concept as like such a radical concept in today's you know society is just like attracts a type of person to work there like a super caring passionate willing person and every single person that I have met that every single one of my colleagues have some level of like I adore you like I I love you um and that's what really makes like working the library it you know such a vibrant place is just like the people and peers you meet I mean even doing this together has been so nice to get to know more people across the system and you know seeing so many people with like people with insane humor people with you know crazy interests um people creativity interesting people yeah the creative people across the board like multi-talented artists oh all over just like pockets in our library and it's just been one of the best parts is the people you get to meet like Shouts out to Ivy and Christina right now. <laughs> no, shout out to Michelle. Yeah, the community. I, w- I work on the West Side. So getting to serve a community that looks like me and speaks my language is so near and dear. I translate all the time. And I think that's amazing. But I also want to be paid what I'm worth. Yeah, better pay for bilingual. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I love serving the community and I love building community as well. Well, thank you again for meeting with us and talking to us about the Library Workers United initiative. And I love the library. It's been a safe place for me since I was a kid. And I think it's so important to continue maintaining what the library offers our communities and the resources that it offers our communities for the individuals who don't have them originally. So thank you for everything that you're fighting for here. And like you said, the library is one of the few spaces that you're not charged to exist. I wish we had more spaces like that. So it's good to be reminded that people are fighting for this. And it's honestly really nice to be able to have something to rally around as a community. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. All right. And lastly, how can everybody stay in touch with your journey and follow you online? What are your accounts? We have social media. We have Instagram is SLCPL underscore Workers United. Twitter is SLCPLWU, <laughs> Workers United. Uh, and then something huge that people can do uh, is sign our community support letter, which both of our social medias have a link tree. Uh, it can go there. And then come to our next board meeting, which I don't remember the exact day. What's the exact day again? Monday, May 22nd at 4 p.m. The more, the better. Yeah, fill that room. Fill, it fill that room. We, last time they had to bring in extra chairs because so many people came. It was amazing. Which library is this going to be at? At the library, the main library. And which room is it going to be in? We don't know for sure. Oh, yes. we'll probably be outside of the main library waiting Morning for people to come. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Last time they had to move to a bigger room because they're not used to having so many people there. Awesome. Yeah. Can't wait to see what that turnout is like. And well, we'll talk to you later. Have a great day. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. 
So I think what stands out to me the most is definitely this reoccurring theme of because you get to work in a passionate job that you care about, that should compensate for a lack of pay, a lack of benefits, and a lack of say at work, which I think is exploitative. I think it's manipulative, and um, I'm really tired of seeing it all over the city. And this is something that I felt really strongly about when Clever Octopus unionized. And unfortunately, their union was, um, I think, successfully busted. It didn't, it didn't move forward. But I see this so often in creative jobs that it just shouldn't be this way. And I think what, a common thing that I see as well is a request for transparency within a union. And I think that would go a long way when you're being underpaid and you don't get benefits and you're working overtime and there's just some tr sort of transparency to understand why those funds aren't there or why access to benefits aren't there or all of those things. I think that would go such a long way. I think people would be a lot more willing to commit to the cause. I mean, for one, there's tons of workers who aren't doing jobs where they're sort of engaging their passions and they also aren't getting benefits or anything like that. So the idea that you should put up with it because you do, it's like, uh, shouldn't we all have these things? Like, it's it's so frustrating to be fighting, like, very basic issues, like, um, just like a little wage and housing security. Like, we can absolutely figure these issues out. And I feel like what you're talking about is related to what um, the union was talking to us about as far as accountability. Like, I think if those things were transparent, it would be a lot harder to make the case that they can't afford them um, because there's almost certainly someone making money, an amount of money that um, is totally out of line with what everyone else is making. So I feel like that information is intentionally withheld and a union allows people to say like, hey, we're not gonna do this unless you actually like engage with us as human beings and stop treating us as wealth generators. I think it's easy to look at infrastructure of things and the way things are and be like, well, we can't you know, compensate workers in the way we'd like because of these reasons. And I think a lot of people, a lot of workers are very, you know, in particular, are very willing to be like, well, let's revisit the need for some of these things and sort of restructure around workers' rights. A lot of time restructuring, I feel like, is uh, for the benefit of the people administering the restructuring. So having a seat at the table, obviously, very good for that. What I, what I meant to say there is just kind of the importance of transparency. I feel like there's more transparency. It'd be easier for people to sacrifice for the thing that they love because they still love that thing. They still want to work there, and that's why the union is being formed at Salt Lake City Public Library because if they didn't care about the future of that place and the workers, they would just go work somewhere else, which we do talk about in the episode. It's not that easy, but, yeah, you know... There's just not the the way people conceptualize the like job landscape in in America or just, you know just any given state and <clears throat> the ability to move between jobs or housing it's like it's so hard and most of us are living paycheck to paycheck so increasingly it feels like we need to be able to bargain 
Um, otherwise, we're just going to continually be exploited over and over again. Um, yeah, it's fun to talk about. It's it's invigorating to talk about this stuff because it. I think you very quickly see that it affects all of us. Like so many of us, really need better living conditions and. Salik's kind of on the downturn as far as that goes. In the background, you might be able to hear the birds <laughs> in the backyard uni- unionizing mm, as well. Good one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, every time a group unionizes, I just, I feel, I feel like a lot of local businesses are overdue for that. And so it is really nice to see these powerful and strong individuals being brave and, and honestly kind of in a, in a good way, like endangering their current work situation. Just threatening. I think it's okay to be threatening to the status quo. Mm -hmm. I don't think, I think uh, the people who benefit from the status quo feel very attacked and it's like, maybe that's okay. It's all right that you like, you'll probably be fine. However this shakes out, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just, we we've said this in the in the interview, but it's just it gives such a good example, and it really helps encourage people to see that it's accessible. Knowledge is power. The no the more information that we have around unionizing, and the more examples we see happening, the better the more accessible it is for all sorts of individuals. And um, I think that's a big. We've been seeing this this uh, ripple effect of ever since Starbucks started unionizing, I feel like that's yeah, the, that was the one. beginning. And the, the writer's guild. Yeah. Too. The strike is happening. Yeah. It's, I, I know that there are advocacy groups that help with unionizing and like, uh, because the library workers are state employees, they are being afforded that, um, resource, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I wish there were an easier way to go about this, but it also does seem, and especially after having talked to them, it seems like the process of organizing is probably just something that needs to happen more in our life because it connects us to other people. It helps us like break down the barriers that we build up just in like social mores. And I think that's probably necessary like culturally for us to undergo and strengthens everybody. So it's a, it seems like a lot of work. Like the, I can't believe they'd been working for a whole year to get to this point, but obviously it's, I think it's really paying off and um, it'll be interesting to see going forward. You know, are they voluntarily rec- recognized? We don't know right at this moment, but fingers crossed. You can support the Salt Lake City Public Libraries Workers United by following them on SLCPL underscore Workers United and in the bio there that's on Instagram is a link tree with a link to their letter of intent the uh, community letter of support the union announcement press release and also access to find your local council member um, and a few other things there. So if you want to support their union, you can, and you'll find information on the next board meeting that they're going to have. And I think just most of all, just like keep paying attention. Um, we'll see if it's voluntarily recognized. Um, and if it's not, then there's going to be, I mean, even if it uh, both ways, there's going to be a lot, a lot of opportunities to support them. And I think this being like a very visible thing is going to hopefully have more ripple effects as time goes on. Yeah. All right. Well, 
that's the episode. I know it's a little bit different. We are we're not talking about arts necessarily. No, arts. Arts. Art necessarily, but this just kind of happened, and it felt like we should talk about it. It felt yeah. I felt like the more information there is out there, the more empowering it, the the cause is. And we are again, we're arts and community podcasts, arts and culture. So it felt appropriate. I'm glad we did it. Yeah, me too. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Follow us on all stuff. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>